Hello, everybody. I am back. Back with more Derby Thoughts. Derby Thoughts. We're thinking Derby Thoughts. Um, today is actually a little bit more of a serious topic, but it feels, it feels very timely. It feels like this is something everybody deals with in roller derby. So I hope that this really, uh, reaches you in like, you know, the squishy places of your heart. And maybe if I can help one person out there, then this would be absolutely worth it. But I'm going to aim for more than one. Um, this topic is about losing, losing a game, um, particularly losing the big one. We have lots of games throughout the season and they mean various things, but you know, when it's the big game, because then it's, it's very serious and you have a lot of intense practices and there's just a little bit less laughter because we're getting our serious faces on it's big game time. Um, so I'll just tell a little quick story in Michigan we have a tournament every year and it is called the Mitten Kitten Tournament. And it mainly focuses on teams that are not quite yet at the WFTDA D1, D2 level. It gives the teams in Michigan something to fight for, some way to be ranked amongst each other, a way to be seeded into a tournament, play each other, get some tournament action play, uh, to prepare so that hopefully someday you could get good enough to be up to that level. Uh, so there's a few different divisions. And once you win the top division, you actually get put into another division, which is like Tournament of Champions. And um, my team that I play for uh, last year, before I was a member of this team, won Division 2. So their goal this year was to be in Division 1. And lo and behold, we had such a great year. Uh, I transferred in. Another jammer from the team I used to play for transferred along with me. Um, a skater who had only had her first season the year before and hadn't gotten to play much was just like ready to soak in so much information and just had the best year. Um, another jammer who had just transferred in like toward the end of last year, like really got time to absorb and shine and learn. We got a rookie who you would never think was a rookie. Uh, we had a returning skater, another jammer this time, uh, who was ready to just like, all she had to do was get her endurance. And oh my goodness, um, it's just a fantastic team. The whole season was scheduled at the level that the team had been the year before, and this team way surpassed those expectations. And as a result, we ended up being seated number two in Division One for this tournament. It was a little overwhelming, a little daunting, because we hadn't actually played that many high-level teams. We played one in Indiana, my old team, 
And that was a very close game. So we had a little bit of preparation for what a close game was going to feel like. But we got there and we knew the team we would have to play for the very first game, the team that was seated third. We knew they were tough. We knew that we were really well matched with them. And we had to go in short um, a couple of our best players because life trumps derby. Life is more important than roller derby. And sometimes some stuff gets in the way. And uh, I thought I was going to put it on myself that I was going to make sure we won this. I was going to take it like really personally and be like, yeah, I'm just going to bring it. I'm going to be a superwoman. This is going to totally work. Well, guess what? When you put that much pressure on yourself, it doesn't always work. <laughs> Instead, I got five penalties in the first half and I'm a low penalty skater. It was very unusual for me. And I think it was because I just put too much pressure on myself so I had to take a little bit of a rest, and then I came back and played in the second half as much as I physically could, completely clean the rest of the game, got us right back in it. We were within range. It was going to be hard, but, you know, one big monster jam could have done it, and I was out there, and uh, I didn't get it done. We lost that game, and I took it very much to heart because how, how could you not? Like when I set myself up for this is a game I'm going to go out there and win for us and then I don't deliver, you just start questioning yourself and you get kind of emo about it. But the weekend was not over. We had to play again the next day. And um, I, I learned some things that got me ready for the next game about what I needed to do. And I had a much better game the second day. It was back and forth. Another very good team that we were evenly matched with. It was back and forth the entire time. And I actually ended up getting put into block because we needed a clean blocker. <laughs> so I, oh, uh, and I, I did some of my best playing all year as a blocker when I normally like to jam. And we were just a couple points away. We were so close. We were coming in on that last scoring pass. It was so so close. And we lost that game too. So we left this tournament without any wins. That was hard. It was unexpected. And it just got me thinking about how you respond to a loss, how you recover after a loss. What are the most productive things you can do? How do you respond? Uh, and this Already, I'm already like seven minutes in and I haven't even gotten into anything that I've thought of to actually share. So this might be long-winded, but if you stick around to the end, I'm actually going to give you a specific drill to help prepare for really close games. And I also have a book recommendation for the mental side of dealing with someone you are closely matched with, a close opponent. So first question is, Okay, after a loss, any kind of loss, but particularly a close loss, how do you avoid dwelling on it? How do you move on? Uh, one of the first things that I learned was actually watching the television series All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. It's an excellent series if you have time to go watch it. I mean, it's, it's free if you have Prime. And they usually follow football teams, but they've also followed some other types of sports as well. And one of the coaches had a 24-hour rule because in the NFL, you have to play a game every week. In Derby, it's a little different. A lot of us have a game every month, 
uh, and then maybe three games in one weekend, it can change. But in the NFL, 24-hour rule, go ahead and feel all the feelings you want for one day. If you want to, like immediately after the game, if you want to shed a tear or two from the enormity of the moment, that is okay. But then blink it back and congratulate your opponents, hug your teammates, find specific moments from the game where they did well to help them focus on the positive instead of dwelling on any number of little things that could have swung it the other way. Go outside of yourself in this moment and help other people. It'll help you in the long run too. There will be time for thinking about these little things later. Comfort the people who need it. Your time for personal reflection will be most likely lying in bed that night and or driving home from a long away game. (laughs) Skaters and coaches will absolutely question decisions they made out there. But instead of focusing on one moment you wish was different, try to look for trends. For example, one moment can be a total fluke. Like if a jammer's helmet cover comes off by accident. I mean, you can address that immediately. You talk to the skater, you talk about to the other skaters, like this is what we should do in this moment going forward. This is how we could have solved that problem. Okay, it's never going to happen again. (laughs) That's a solvable problem immediately. But what are the patterns that you see that you could address? Like, do you notice you personally need more cardio? Like, could you feel that in your body? Do you think you need more strength training where you have difficulty like busting through walls or containing a jammer? And what type of drills can you think of that would help the team be better in certain situations? Like, were you weak on capitalizing on a power jam? Do we need to work on some more plays to make that work better? Like, feel your feelings for 24 hours and then get to work on being productive and solving problems. Get back to controlling what you can control. Don't let all the emotions control you because you really have to get a handle on this. When you focus on things you can do, it's going to get better. (laughs) And uh, I have some thoughts, some derby thoughts, about how to treat yourself. Like, for example... Sometimes I make the mistake of going on a diet after a loss, thinking, well, if I was in better shape, this wouldn't happen. Or even worse, like, I hope nobody else thinks these thoughts, but you could be thinking in your head, like, you're a loser. You don't deserve to eat food you like. No Reese's pumpkin for you. Well, that's just a jerk thing. (laughs) Treat yourself the way you would like others to treat you. Uh... You have your feelings simmering under the surface and then dieting will throw off those emotions as it is. Like if there's an absence of sugar or caffeine, whatever you're doing can put you in an emotionally vulnerable state. And then all it takes is like one random Facebook post or a commercial with a puppy in it on TV and you're sobbing. Has this ever been you? (laughs) Have you ever had a completely irrational reaction to something? So try to set yourself up for success and uh, don't punish yourself. Like if you're going to make different food choices, make them in a really healthy way. Don't, Don't make it a punishment because you lost a game. That's not taking care of yourself. 
So I actually, I want to go on the flip side of that. I recommend having a few treats, like a cheat meal or a cheat day, maybe some Halloween candy around the house. You are not a terrible person, and some comfort food wouldn't kill anybody. Just make sure your cheat meal or your cheat day doesn't turn into a cheat week or a cheat month or season, because that's called the holidays. <laughs> uh, so my next idea for ways to make you feel better and productive after a loss is to change up your routine. So I've been doing high intensity interval training, cardio and strength, mixing together for months. And I have an injured hand right now from the very last game. So now that it's off season, I am running every single day until my hand feels better. I Then I'll start like mixing in some physical therapy type stuff, yoga, strength training, but I am rewarding myself with more time outdoors and it gives you time to think. I get to enjoy all this beautiful fall weather. I get to enjoy my dog who always gives me perspective on finding joy in everything. Uh, it's just a wonderful way to just declutter your mind and just be like, wow, this is wonderful. <laughs> I highly recommend going for a run. And it actually helped me organize my thoughts for what I wanted to say in this episode. Um, on the flip side of that, one of my teammates decided based on her thoughts, organizing them after this weekend that we played, she felt she wasn't as physically strong as she wanted to be with uh, muscling our opponents. She wants to try a new training program and work on herself over the winter. So that's an, another awesome way to do, but it's changing the routine. It's doing something different from what you were doing before. Don't go back to the same old, same old immediately. Just do something a little different. Um, like throwing yourself back into physical activity just always helps sort out your feelings. It helps you work towards the athlete you want to become. And whether that's backing off on certain things and concentrating on others like I'm doing or having the incentive to make a radical change and see how badass you can get over the off season, like physical really helps solve mental. You can put it all out there and it's just so cleansing for your body and your mind. So keep moving. Um, the next idea I have here that I hope can help people is get back out there. There's always another game. In fact, I had to go play in an all-star game immediately after our first loss of the weekend when I was feeling like anything but an all-star, when I was feeling like I had lost that game for our team. <laughs> so uh, the last thing I wanted to do was go play a game while I was feeling feelings so I waited a little bit before going into the game, you know, do some breathing, make sure I'm calm and centered. And I was absolutely fine. <laughs> I went out there and I was jamming against, you know, some really good players. And I had moves and probably did some of my best jamming of the weekend because this game didn't matter at all. I didn't suddenly become a terrible penalty heavy 
jammer in that other game. That's not who I am. I'm, I'm still me. And it helped me figure out what I needed to do mentally about it for the next day. And I played a lot better the next day because of that. If your season is over and you don't have like another game to go to right away, maybe this is a good time to sign up for a mixed scrimmage just to get something there to rinse out the loss. <laughs> like what you're looking for is just an outlet to do what you do and get your confidence back if you lost it. It'll help you see everything with more logic so you can make a plan to up your game for the next one that does count. That does count for you. That does count for your team. Uh, another idea I have that I'm really excited about is try a new game. <laughs> I have joined rugby. I actually joined a few weeks before the tournament. I thought it would be fun to start learning this game and get some extra cardio on the days I didn't have derby. And oh my gosh, it's it's been so wonderful. If you haven't tried it, I recommend it because rugby has allowed me to be a beginner again. And you can't take yourself too seriously when you're still learning the rules and what the heck you're supposed to be doing out there. So I'm having all this fun getting fresh air and rolling around in the grass and soaking my shoes through running on fields, getting body slammed into a mud puddle. And I am laughing more than I have at Derby in the last couple months. I am giggling all over the place and they probably think I'm a lunatic, but I'm just having so much fun. Uh, so yeah, try something. Like I actually just this weekend went to a random event, an all day broomball tournament. I signed up for this. I still don't know why. It sounded incredibly stupid and I thought, well, why not? It sounds dumb. I'll probably laugh while I'm doing it. So in broomball, it's kind of like hockey, but you don't have skates and you're wearing shoes and you're running around on the ice with your shoes. So people are definitely slipping on the ice and you've got this ball, this orange ball that you're supposed to be batting around instead of a puck. But instead of something that sounds like, you know, a broom, like I was expecting to have something like a broom, it's a stick with a thing on the end that's really about like, I don't know, four or five inches wide tops. And I was supposed to hit this ball with it. And it wasn't until late in the day that I even figured out how to use it properly. So uh, I definitely would just swing at the ball and completely miss. Like picture, you know, someone playing golf and completely missing the ball. It looked like that. Uh, but, you know, it's just another thing that was it was physical activity. It had no stakes whatsoever. <laughs> and it was fun. It was ridiculous and fun. So just try something. Go out there and do something stupid like and ridiculous and have fun because you definitely won't get better at anything sitting in a dark room feeling sorry for yourself. So here we go. How do you prepare for close games? Like, it's actually really hard to find evenly matched teams in roller derby. All these different cities, these small towns, they all have a different path. There's always teams going up and going down at the same time, rebuilding. How do you get a close game? You really don't know what it's going to be until you're there, really, unless you've really scouted these people beforehand. So... How do you set that up in practice? Here's the drill. 
practice close scenarios. So I'm going to suggest setting up your clock and your scoreboard, bring your projector to practice, put it up on the wall and fiddle with it. Set up. Okay. There is, um, one minute, 15 seconds left on the period clock. And this team is behind by three points and they have one blocker in the box. How do you win the game? Like try different situations. Like, are there players in the box? How much time is left? How far behind are you? What do you need to do to win? Like, how do you want to set this up? Practice winning a close game while your teammates in practice are trying to work on holding their lead in a close game. This is getting your brain ready to solve problems in advance. Like, get yourself rehearsing pressure situations so that when it happens for real, You've been here many times, you know what to do, and it doesn't feel like a big deal. Like to simulate how you'd feel like, you know, being super hyped up, this absolutely would work even better after some tough endurance drills. All right. And to talk about like the mental side, here's my book recommendation. I recommend this to everyone. This is actually my favorite um, autobiography. This is the book Open by Andre Agassi. This book, I think I've read it three, maybe four times. It is funny. It is heartbreaking. And it's the tale of a professional tennis player growing up in the game. He started very young. He's trying to find out who he is and what he's made of. So, so many times he has to overcome major hurdles and then experience like a major setback. So his mental game was all over the place, back and forth, his whole career. And it made me feel like I could relate to him so much. Like Every time he thought he'd figured something out, thought he had it all solved, and he's like, I'm just going to win now because I've solved my mental game, and then goes out there and has a problem and is like, oh, this is a new problem. I need to solve this one too. Like, you're never going to have it all figured out. You are going to be fighting this fight like your whole career. You, you aren't just going to be solid gold. There's going to be chinks in the armor and you're going to have to repair them and come back stronger than ever. So, I mean, Andre Agassi hates tennis. He hates the sport that he dedicated his life to. And I think we have all had moments where we hate roller derby. You know you have. (laughs) Don't tell me that it's just been this magical, you know, ride the entire time. Everyone has had moments where you stop and you wonder, why are we playing this super weird game, right? Moments that make you question, why am I putting so much of myself into this? Why am I putting myself out there? Everyone has had those. And you get to read about you know, this high level athlete that had this all the time and reading about someone who has had such great success on this high level, go through so many twists and turns in his own head. It just like me, it made me feel so much better. You know what? If he could do it, I could overcome anything too. And setbacks are just that you can find your way again. You can be stronger than ever. So I just adore this book. 
And this is bringing me towards the end of my podcast here today. Now, obviously, I don't promise to have it all figured out. I'm just like any of you. But, you know, after you go through something like this, it really gets you thinking. And it really gets you thinking about the healthy ways to get past it, to move on, to get better, to help people around you get better, your own teammates, people from other teams. I mean, there were some people that didn't even make it to this tournament this year, that didn't get to play in this tournament this year. And that's a tough journey too. And I just kind of want to reach out and help is what this is coming down to. But I don't want to end on a downer note at all. So um, I'm going to play like a silly soundboard button and just see what happens here. My husband left this board of like sound effects. I want to see what happens. Oh, oh, look at that. I've got applause. That's fun. <laughs> and I hope some of my words were money. Ha! That's hilarious. Okay. My future podcasts might have sound effects. I will try not to abuse it. <laughs> so I'm going to leave you with go outside, pet your dog, and enjoy some cider, an apple, carve a pumpkin, do something absolutely wonderful on this beautiful fall day. Enjoy yourself, enjoy each other, and have a great year. I will be back uh, soon with more Derby Thoughts. Uh, thinking Derby Thoughts. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates like our Apex Predator T-Rex or jam llama to messages like Roller Derby Strong and My Mom Plays Roller Derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E dot threadless.com. Thank you for your support and back to our show.